This, uh, I guess you're at Ugly Apple Cider. We're in Lanark Highlands, uh, about uh, half an hour west of Elmont, uh, an hour west of Ottawa. And uh, it's a small cider. We started up licensed. We were licensed last year, so I guess in 2018, in August. Um, and I guess it's mostly my project, but obviously my wife has been sort of dragged into it. So. Yeah, my son. Uh, uh, he's he's involved to great uh, He helped out a lot with the uh, the branding and stuff like that. Came up with the name and the logo and whatnot. So, what got you started into cider? Is there a backstory behind that? Um, I guess, like a lot of people, I started drinking the commercial North American ciders. Um, was introduced to that because I'm I was a beer drinker, but I also in, sort of found ciders and started really enjoying them. And given where we are and the number of trees I kept finding on the property, I just started making my own. And initially, I guess I figured that I was doing something wrong because it tasted so different from, from the commercial ciders. And uh, carbonation, I'm not a big fan of carbonation, so I was really enjoying it, but I thought there was something wrong with it until I finally, one year, I submitted some to the glint cap competition and I got a bronze for a two-year-old cider that I had in my cellar. Um, and I guess it sort of just went from there. I've been making cider for, I'd say, probably about 10 years, uh, but commercially only for, this will be the second season. So what, what, what was the reason you thought it was, it was wrong? Just because it tasted somewhat different, or? Well, I guess when North, in, I guess North American ciders, they're all, I guess, sort of sweetened. They all taste like apple juice, basically, with, with carbonation, um, whereas, this tastes very little like an apple, um, so it was one of those things that, without any basis for a comparison, I didn't really know what I had. I knew I enjoyed it, but it wasn't the same as the other stuff, so I thought, okay, well, I've got something, but it's not cider, but then that led to some research, and the more research I did, the more I realized that, well, this is actually sort of, at this point, it's kind of like, might upset some people and stuff but it's sort of like this is a true cider versus what most North Americans know as cider which was introduced to North America to compete in a particular market and so because it was based on apples they called it cider but really it's not really a cider true true to form so and we don't have to talk about those uh those major multinational corporations right. that call it cider too much. Has your viewpoint of cider changed now since you've gotten into making and maybe had a chance to try some of the other Ontario or, or other local ciders? I guess my opinion has changed considerably, especially in the past few years since I started finding more and more and with the glint cap competition and the very specific categories that they have is that I guess it's changed in that I, I'm not a I'm not not a fan of most North American ciders, including uh, Ontario ciders. They're a good product in their in their own right, and they have uh, sort of a market. But it's it's I, I feel that sort of the mark is being missed by, or an opportunity is being missed by Ontario producers by not producing something that's a little bit truer to tradition. I guess um, I'm not a traditionalist, but um, it's sort of like they've fallen into the, um, I don't know, the, the trap of trying to sort of produce what people already know. I found one website, I can't remember the name of the company, it was actually in the West Coast, and they actually stated on their website that 
they really appreciate the still ciders, the non-carbonated and dry ciders, but they didn't feel that the market would be receptive to it. And true enough, because it's a difficult, it's a real educational process, you know, because you don't want people coming up expecting to drink growers, right, or any of the larger producers, and then they drink yours and they think there's something wrong with it. So it's kind of, it's kind of, that's kind of where we're at with that is that we got to sort of ask them what they normally drink and then say, okay, throw that away. That's not what you're going to experience here. So, so you would, uh, yours is still based or lightly carbonated, is that it? It's, uh, it's still, uh, we have no carbonation. If there has been a couple of batches in the past that have, were light, very lightly carbonated, just there was still residual sugar. But ultimately the goal here is to aim for a zero residual sugar, so a completely dry cider. Um, and as a result of that, a completely still cider. Uh, like I said, I'm not a big fan of carbonation, so I don't want to produce that. And so I don't want to produce something that I don't want to drink. So that's kind of where I'm at with that even though some people might want it. And a lot of people say, well, are you going to make one or can you? So, well, I could, but I don't want to. So. And, and looking at the place here, this is, this is your residence as well as your, your workshop for, for cider making and so on as well. I'm assuming a lot of that comes into play when it comes to making what you, you want and then sharing it with those in the area. Yeah. Um, I guess, uh, like I said, we, we live here in that sort of, where it all started is figured on just we were sort of back to the lander kind of people when we moved here 20 years ago we, we fell into that whole um, homesteading thing and we raised our children we homeschooled and stuff so it was just sort of a connection with the land that we're on and then finding the trees and then being all organic and having been naturally planted by animals and stuff so it's just something that sort of built on itself and then on the scale, or I guess the product that I'm producing with using um, wild apples, it kind of limits my, my size. Like, it's not really scalable um, just by virtue of collecting wild apples. So I'm kind of limited. So this year we branched out a bit into the per, or a carp market. We tried that. Um, but then we kind of ended up neglecting the local market where we started. So it's kind of a balancing act for us. So we're not sure, sort of sure where we're going to go at this point. But... Um, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit about the, the space that you have here right now? So, um, what are, what's coming forward and what are you, what are you looking to, to build into? Um, well, we have 55 acres, probably in the range of best, best guess to date based on my calculations is roughly 200 apple trees. Uh, that includes the ones that we planted, so we're probably in the 150 range of wild trees, plus we have our neighbor's property. So far, I've kind of been limited in my volume more by my, my space and my ferment, fermenters, my fermentable working space, so I want to sort of expand and get larger. I guess we're producing around a thousand liters would be about what we've got so far. I'd like to sort of probably double that, but I don't know that I want to go much larger than that. I don't want this to be a full-time job. I want it to sort of be one of a multitude of different sort of projects and sources of income that I'm sort of working on. Uh, but we still want to stay, based on this year's experience, I'd like to stay more local if I could, because it's one of those things where you get in a community and then they're regulars, you know, they'll expect and they'll continue to buy and they'll be sort of, the, sort of the loyalty. So if customers are going to be loyal to us, I figure we should probably be loyal to them as well. 
Yeah, very community oriented and we do see that a lot in Ontario, especially with some of the cider makers that are you know, similar ideas, got out of the city, wanting to try something new, but also wanting to make sure that they have their friends and family and those around them connected with it. So it's a really neat sort of experience. Um, what would you say has been the biggest challenge so far that you've come across? Big challenge is the regulation, I guess. It, it, it makes it difficult for really small producers to, I guess, operate in Ontario with the way the regulations are set up. Uh, I know it's difficult for all. The, the, the liquor industry in particular is really heavily regulated, but it's, it's, it's the licensing. Uh, recent funding came out for cideries. However, because we don't have a direct to licensee license, we don't qualify for that. And I can't really sell direct to licensees because it's, for me, it's too early with the product, as I described with the education part of it, is I have to find a restaurant that's not just looking to put something on tap or something on it, and they're not going to explain it because it's a, it's, it's a product that really has to be explained to people so that they know what to expect. Um, so really, I guess the biggest challenge would be that because it kind of really limits the way we can sell it. And also with what I have, I don't want to sell it online necessarily because I don't want somebody buying a product that they haven't tried. Because again, it comes down to that. They're expecting one thing, they get this, and now it's just a bad review. And then they tell everybody, oh, it's, it's not cider, there's something wrong with it. Sort of like what I felt in the beginning when I first made it. So. And if you're, again, you're somewhat remote in, in, in areas compared to others and your product capacity is, is not overly large, then you're meeting the needs of the, the goals that you're looking for. And, that, and that's a really positive sort of way to be able to look at it. And again, a lot of people go that sort of direction, which is great. Before we finish up, why don't you tell us a little bit about the products that you have here in front of us and, and that are available if someone is to come visit? Right now, I guess we did sell much of our product when we, before we stopped for the season. So right now, really what I have left is we have three versions of what we're calling the wild cider. Unique in their own right, but they're close enough that really if I was to sell them at the market, I could sell you a bottle of this. And if you came back next week, I could sell you this bottle. And in all likelihood, you wouldn't notice the difference. But I didn't want to blend them all into one, which is what was recommended because for me, they all have their own character. And well, if I'm going to drink them, I'd like to be able to choose what I want to drink that particular time. So we have three versions of the wild cider. Uh, you'll be getting to try today um, an experiment we did, which was sort of the Normandy style. It's in the same method of the Normandy type ciders, but it is a different product. Uh, just by virtue of not being produced in Normandy, it's very different, but also the process is a little different in that we don't just leave our apples laying in a pile on the ground. We actually have them in containers and such. Uh, we've only got a few bottles of that left and my wife really likes it, so she's keeping those. Uh, and then we also have this year, I made a cider using buckwheat honey. In the past, I used wildflower honey and I got two years in a row, got bronze medals for that wine we're calling it a wine but i guess it's really a sizer made it with the buckwheat honey which very different product because it's actually tasting more like a mead than it is a cider because the buckwheat is so strong you came a little late i guess if you'd come originally when you were planning on coming before the things couldn't work didn't work out is we did have a spanish style and in 20 for my 2017 batch I guess in 2018 competition, I got a silver medal for that. And it was one of only no, uh, four non 
Spanish producers to get above a bronze. Uh, so all four of us got a silver, all the golds were. So that was kind of, yeah, it was kind of, it was nice to get that because it, it, it gave credibility, I guess, to what I was producing. That's sort of where I realized, okay, I've definitely got something here. Fantastic. Looking forward. And if people want more information about you, where can they get some information? Um, we have the website, sorry, uglyapple.ca. Um, and it's got some information on that. And again, they can contact us through the website. Uh, um, there's no, as I mentioned, there's no sales on the website. But you can order the stuff. Uh, it's just that at that point we kind of do email money transfers and then we'll deliver it to you rather than... Or if you wanted to come out, you can come out and pick it up that way. So um, I guess that's pretty much... I guess we have a Facebook page as well. Um, Instagram. Uh, uh, yeah, Instagram as well. I'm not really into the social media part, so that's why I'm not having the answers for that. So uh, Ugly Apple has a Facebook, Instagram, and a website. Excellent. Thank you so very much for the time and a uh, pleasure to be able to come see the place. Well, thanks a lot for coming in.